Pitch me the next Jason Statham movie. That we want to see or that's actually coming out? Because I'll look it up on IMDb real quick. No, I'm not for real. Oh, okay. Like what our, our ideal yes. Jason Statham movie would be? Right. Ooh, John, lay it on us. Huh. All right. Um. Well, after Crank, it's hard to come up with anything that's crazier than what real life Jason Statham has been doing. But maybe like Jason Statham's version of Aladdin. <laughs> of Aladdin? <laughs> yeah. Which one is he? He uh, Does he play Aladdin? He definitely plays Aladdin. Oh, he should be the genie. And he'd have to like oh. kick Jafar's ass. Or he could be a genie. Yeah, but he, he's all, just being Jason Statham's OP. Imagine if he was a genie. But he's middle-aged. Like, Aladdin's supposed to be like a young man, isn't he? Well, you know, they, Ooh, they could take... We could call it gin and tonic. D-J-I-N-N and tonic. Oh. Basically, he's an alcoholic genie. Mm. And then, oh, man. See, Patent pending, there. patent pending, copyrighted, trademark, whatever we got to do, that's yeah. mine. Also, they're making everyone young now in movies, so that's a thing. Just CGM Young? Yeah. Okay. Young Jason Statham. I'm actually okay with this. There you go. They're probably doing a live-action Aladdin at some point, right? They're doing all their movies? Yes. Disney is? Live-action Aladdin's being cast right now, and they've actually gotten rid of some, like, the the tiger's gone. She's going to have, like, a manservant, and then um, something else. Why would you get rid of the tiger? Because I guess they didn't want to CG a tiger. Even though they've got the Shere Khan model already from Jungle Book, they could just put that into the movie. Just recycle your stuff. And wasn't there a CG tiger in Life of Pi that everyone loved? Yes, but that's not Disney, I don't think. No, but I mean, the technology exists. You think they just, like, kind of like Marvel and Sony are doing with, like, the Marvel Universe? They just share assets between tiger tiger assets. Rent that asset. Hey, send me over that tiger IP, would you? (laughs) What do you got, Garrett? Um, I would love to see a remake of one of my favorite movies of all time, but with a very British take, a Karate Kid type movie, where Jason Statham is an old, washed up, bare knuckle British boxer. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And he meets some kid who's getting bullied and he just needs to learn to defend himself and he's just got no direction and Jason Statham comes in. Uh, maybe, I don't think we should make him a drunk because I feel like that's a little bit too on the nose. We get to that Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan drunken master territory, but just have an old school British bare knuckle boxer yeah. teach this kid and unwillingly he's learning these things. He could be a pothead instead of a drunk bringing you know, it into the 21st century. He's making like a beef wellington and he's like tenderizing oh. the meat and it's like, oh, now show me tenderize the meat and he's all like, that's it, you got him on the ropes, get him, you know, like... That's what I would see. I want that. So Statham is Miyagi. Statham is Miyagi. Okay. I'm He's short this. enough, too. Yeah. There you go. So no offense to Mr. Miyagi. I wonder who uh, who, the, who the kid would be. It's got to be a no-name. It's got to be a no-name. I want someone. Because I was going with, like, Spider-Man kid. Maybe it could be As when. He's too old. He's too old. He's too I, old already? I mean. Definitely too He's old about already. the right age okay. if we were making that movie right now. Yeah. I want this kid to be, like, right into high school. Maybe the little girl from the movie we're about to talk about when she grows up, nope. could be the Karate Kid. No. Mm-hmm. No. Really we, flip it we on are, its head. We already did that with the <laughs> next Karate Kid. No, no. This is different, though, because you got a white man as the sensei, Asian kid as the person learning. It's really flipping the it's script It's almost here. like we had a black kid being taught by a Chinese dude in the other remake yeah. of Karate Kid. No. I'm telling you, <laughs> no. Hey, kinda... This is my project. You guys back the fuck up, all right? I want to see Jason Statham... Um, do something maybe he hasn't done before. I want him to be in a period piece. Um, I want him to be an American. I want to hear him do an actual American accent, but not just any American. How about Mr. President Abraham Lincoln? Oh, I, was I want Statham to be Abraham Lincoln, okay. and he's going to team up with John Henry, and they are going to go emancipate the shit out of the South. Like the railroad John Henry? Yes. 
What if Jason Statham is in Amer- is in the Patriot Two, and he plays Mel Gibson's character? That's even better. Yes. Yes. The Patriot Two. Patriot Two. two. All American comeback because Day Lewis already had the Lincoln thing. I feel like he nailed he's, that shit. Okay, well he's not the Lincoln. There's been yeah, he's a Bill Lincoln. and Ted had I a Lincoln. That, There's plenty know, of Lincoln. I'm just saying, like the Patriot too, though. Oh, and it goes yeah. with the whole state of doing sequels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Transporter Two. He's got to transport the Emancipation Proclamation across oh. the country to Abraham Lincoln, played by somebody else. Yeah. And then I don't know if my tapping on the table is getting picked up or not on this podcast, it's but fine. like, let me tell you, that would be an amazing. It's like the transporter meets a period piece. He's like doing uh, horse and buggy car chases instead of real car Ooh, chases. And we'll mix it with Crank, where he's got to do crazy shit with people like John Henry and Paul yeah. Bunyan to keep like the whole thing. Oh man, there you go, an See? American Odyssey. Oh my dude! All right, he's I'm going in. cross country. Oh. He sees John Henry and the fucking Appleseed guy and Davy Crockett, Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> yeah. Appleseed. Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in on one condition. What you, what you guys said is pretty good, but when Abraham Lincoln goes to the opera and he's about to get taken out by John Wilkes Booth, are we going to show this? It's Statham in a hat, uh-huh. and he turns around and kills John Wilkes Booth, and he goes. You've been no spoilers. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Who would play John Henry? Idris Elba. We'll get a bunch of British people oh, to play Americans. That'd be incredible. <laughs> but they should just keep the British accents and just make it really just like, wait, does everyone here have a British yeah. accent? This is like America movie. It's like a BBC production of oh. American history. All right. Yes. BBC, get to work. BBC two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not making prime BBC not, here. This is not getting prime BBC <laughs> slot. The Ocho. <laughs> BBC the Ocho. Okay, that needs to happen. That's a t-shirt right there. The channel is so bad it doesn't even exist yet. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again, joined by John and Garrett. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Good. What did we just do? Well, we watched The Meg. We've made another mistake with our life. (laughs) I like The Meg. Really? Not, well, all right, to to set some boundaries, it's not a horror movie in really any sense of the word, but it is a fun movie. It's like if a sci-fi movie had a budget. You're not going in there for cinematic glory, um, but you know it was 24 frames a second. It really hit the the requirements. There was acting and a shark. I'm sold. I think we let this one squeak by because it was a giant shark and it was a quote unquote monster type yes. movie. And I will tell you right now, we should not have let this one slip by. This is an action movie that just happened to have a large animal in it. It is possible for it to have been a horror movie. Yes. You know, Jaws is the obvious like dub, but. This one was not. It didn't make the cut at all. Yeah. Yeah, God, I wish I would have watched Jaws. I wish I would have watched Deep Blue Sea, which Mark hasn't seen. Well, we had, we had a lot of Deep parts. Blue Sea references in this movie. We had a lot of references to a bunch of different shark movies in this right, movie. Which was dangerous because it's like, oh, yeah, that was a better movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, every time I saw an homage, I was like, well, man, I wish I was watching that movie. I walked away from it and I was like, did this movie have any original shark ideas? And I don't think it did. I think I've seen almost everything in something else. The the one thing I will say, and just FYI, listeners, we're going to get into this movie. There will be spoilers. So All right, if spoiler you don't want to, if oh, you, you want the spoiler horn. Mm-hmm. Okay, if um, that's if, your warning, you've heard it. The spoiler <laughs> horn has been blown. You've heard it. You can't unhear it. 
Um, yes. Yeah, so we will we will spoil the Meg. So if you're planning on watching this, which I personally wouldn't recommend spending right. money on. When it ends up on Netflix or Amazon Prime, go ahead, watch any it. Any of your existing yeah, subscriptions, yeah. yes, please watch this movie before then. Or maybe just listen to us talk about it and don't. <laughs> Honestly, it's I, I started out feeling pretty good about it, and then as the movie continued to slog along in its hour and 52 minutes, I, still I was burned out. by that. You guys said that, and I was like, there's no way it was that long. Well, it's because you got up and left the theater for 20 minutes. No, I didn't. It was four and a minute. It no, was like, it felt like four minutes to you because you were free in real life. <laughs> it was 20 minutes. There's no way. <laughs> you missed a lot of movie, which we'll tell you about in a little oh, bit. Oh, God. That could be a new slogan of ours, the Grave Talk Podcast. We watch this movie so you don't have to. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. feeling great, so I went to the bathroom and I threw up. And I was like, oh, I've only been here for like five minutes. That's cool. And then I came yeah. back and you were like... Everything had happened, and I was like, "What happened, you guys? Like, you missed so yeah. much. The you, boat was overturned. Everything, <laughs> like everything that would have happened in this movie, happened in like the five minutes I was gone. You probably were having more fun than we were, though. Throwing up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we get too deep into it, just want a couple things at the top here. Um, we got some Doom news. Doom Eternal, the video game, had some video gameplay reveals. Um, thing is looking pretty damn good. We've yeah. got uh, Hell on Earth happening. We've got a giant BFG. It's uh, laser cannon size. Think like Death Star style. It's about time, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I mean, the UAC needs to keep pushing forward in their dickhead corporate practices. And what do you do? You build giant guns. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the part where we inevitably get to shoot the big BFG. You think you think Doom Guy's going to get oh, to control yeah. that sucker? Absolutely. Oh, dude, there's going to be like Unicron sized demon he's yeah. got to take out with that thing. That's for sure right. going to be part of the game. If not, Id, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, good point. I think it looks great. It's more of the same with some new weapons, new demons to kill. They brought back some of the ones from the original Doom 2. Uh, I think it's going to be a good time. I think that's a box quote. I think it looks great. It's more of the same. Yeah. <laughs> and depending on where you fall on the Doom <laughs> game, you either want more. I or... like the last Doom game, so. Yeah, me too. Um, I finished up my Tremors uh, run. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I figured I'd give you fellas my ranking. Please do. Um, from worst to best, Tremors 2. Not very good. Aftershocks, it uh, starred Earl. was a little boring. Trimmer 6, Cold Day in Hell. Uh, it has Jamie Kennedy in it as Burt Gummer's son. That was a little boring. And there's no snow. <laughs> they, the cover has them like in a snow area though, right? Yeah, there's like snow for about three minutes of that film. And oh, then the rest it. of it's just in some northern camp. <laughs> okay. Total ripoff. Uh, Trimmer's 4, The Legends Begins. Trimmer's 4 is the one that stars Burt Gummer's great-grandfather back in the uh, Old West. Oh, it's the Old Western one. Yeah. It's the origin story, if you Right, know. and Gummer's, uh, he doesn't believe in guns, so that's the big twist. Oh. And throughout the movie, he's like, oh, it's important to know guns, and that's why Burt is such a gun nut. Because his grandfather was against guns. And then he taught the rest of his family to respect and guns. use guns. Oh, yeah. So this is like an NRA movie. He moves from no guns to being like, fuck, everyone needs guns. Yeah, you got to watch it to get into the NRA. <laughs> uh, the third one, uh, Tremors 3 is next, Back to Perfection. That's where Burt goes back to his hometown and has another sling around. And then the asshole kid from part one is trying to buy up all the property and turn it into some sort of like resort thing. Hey, this is all where the, the Tremors and Graboids showed up. There's like three buildings in perfection. There's not a lot of property to buy. Yeah, well, that's the plot. <laughs> One of those sweet ground tires. Best part of that one is Bert gets swallowed by a worm and has to, uh, uh, he's using a walkie-talkie to talk from inside a Graboid oh, boy. while his buddy rescues him. Wait, so getting swallowed by a worm doesn't kill you? Not in this film. <laughs> How much space is in there, though? Because 
there's a bunch of little worms in the mouth that come out. Yeah, no, you're right. Never mind. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't even want to know. You, you you can dig into it, and you're going to find flaws. Get out of here, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two is Tremors Five Bloodlines. That's the one in Africa. That's the one where Bert finds out he has a son who is uh, Jamie Kennedy. And I actually didn't hate him in this movie, okay. which is very surprising because I normally hate Jamie Kennedy. So there's Tremors in Africa too, graboids. This was a prehistoric, prehistoric worm. Some sort of monstrous graboid. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this graboid. Because everything's older. bigger in Africa, right? Sure. And so deadlier. So this graboid. Is that was, their motto? Yeah, it's on their banner, on their flag they fly. For Africa, the African oh. flag? Everything's <laughs> bigger and that's deadlier. The, no, that's not true. <laughs> no. What's so, it going like? Did you really think? I've never seen that. Man, that shark movie fucked you up, <laughs> I man. Didn't, I didn't know. I don't like look at African brochures, so I didn't know if that was like one of the things like, you know, like Texas, everything's bigger in Texas. I was like, does Africa have that too? Okay, no, but come on. Killer bees, all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, but it's suspense Africa. is killing me. What's yeah, number right. one? Tremors one. <gasps> Go figure. Wow. Kevin Bacon is the best in thing that best ever happened ever. to Tremors. <laughs> yeah. All not right. the worms. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the thing that ideally makes Tremors Tremors is not the thing that makes Tremors good. Well, I think the problem <laughs> is, is they retread the same idea so many times. There's only so much you can do with giant worms in a failing budget They're, that keeps getting smaller and smaller each film. I they don't need six Tremors is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I agree. That's kind of how I feel about the Child's Play movies up until a point when they kind of took it in that different direction. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Thankfully, you guys just flipped the script because that would have been very redundant. So that's the Tremors. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with it now. Hopefully the, nothing. The TV show got canceled. Who knows if Netflix is going to keep funding it? Like a Tremor Seven, maybe in the works. I think they said that might take place underwater. Can we please move on to a it's different subject? It's the same <laughs> top. If it's underwater, you know, I want to see Tremors in space. Well, they haven't been in space yet. If they keep making them, they'll get there, Ugh. right? All right. So that's that. Um, anything else you guys been up to that you want to mention before we get into the Meg? Um. For those who don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, what the fuck's wrong with you? You should. But um, we got a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. Um, so you can check out our Grave Talk plays and these Grave Talk quickies that I was doing. Um, we eat cereal. We do. Um, so for that, I watched a movie called Slumber, which was so bad it doesn't even warrant a three minute review. So here's a 30 second review. Don't watch Slumber. The premise is cool because it's based on sleep, but it's actually really shittily done. Save yourself 90 minutes of your life. The end. All right. You heard it here. <laughs> You've been warned. Garrett? Action packed, you guys. Yeah. Uh, nothing. I'm just going to take this opportunity to give a shout out to London 1888. They're a badass t-shirt company that makes a bunch of horror uh, merchandise. They got some other merchandise that's not horror related, but they they tend to focus mostly on like horror designs. The, the art they use, the artists, the designs are just fucking amazing, incredible the t-shirts are solid quality. They don't use that like really thin, soft jersey material. It's kind of like a perfect mix of like regular thickness of t-shirts, like heavy cotton and the, the lightweight stuff. Um, it's amazing. They have not faded with multiple washes either because I've worn these shirts into the ground. So shout solid. out to London 1888. Where you at? Solid printing. Everything. Good quality. Good quality, solid printing. The nice t-shirts. Designs. They hold the, yeah. the designs alone. Like, you know me yeah. as, as my cartoon style art, you know, it's like it just really appeals to me. But they've got some great stuff. They've got... Like designs based off the movies and designs that are. I'm re really impressed. They had Hell Jason from yeah. the video game. They have a shirt available of Tommy Jarvis screaming like "fuck you" or something at Jason. Well, the, they they use little clever names of the shirts. They don't like say it's like the Jason Voorhees shirt. They'll like say like "fuck you asshole" and it'll be like kind of a 
loose interpretation of what's going on in the picture. Yeah. I don't know if that's for a licensing reason or whatever, but... Um, it might be. Because a RoboCop, they don't call the RoboCop shirt, mm. but they've got a RoboCop that's shirt that's pretty awesome. That's cool. Go check them out. Their website. London1888.com. There you go. There you go. Give us some free stuff. <laughs> no, we should buy their stuff. It's that good. It's that good. But we will take free stuff. All right. Well, let's get into the Meg. That one came out this year. Just days ago. It's PG-13. It's an hour and 52 minutes. It was directed by John Turtletob. Rotten Tomato score currently sitting at a 49%. And that's generous. Yeah. I would have said that's fair, actually. 49%? All right. I'll give it that. I, I, yeah, you're right. That is fair. I'm just a little angry about this movie. <laughs> Here's what the Rotten Tomato summary says about this film. A deep-sea submersible, part of an international undersea observation program, has been attacked by a massive creature, previously thought to be extinct and now lies disabled at the bottom of the deepest trench in the Pacific. With its crew trapped inside, with time running out, expert deep-sea rescue diver Jonas Taylor, which is Jason Statham, is recruited by a visionary Chinese oceanographer Winston Chow, against the wishes of his daughter Su Yin, played by Li Bingbing, to save the crew and the ocean itself from this unstoppable threat, a prehistoric 75-foot-long shark known as the Megalodon. What no one could have imagined is that years before, Taylor had encountered the same terrifying creature. Now teamed with Su Yin, he must confront his fears and risk his own life to save everyone trapped below. That's a summary of the first 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to this movie than just that. Um, so if you guys didn't know, this was actually based on a book series written by Steve Alton. Hmm. Uh, it came out in the late nineties, Meg, a novel of the deep terror. There's seven books in the series. Um, Jesus. yeah, a lot, right? What can you say? Yeah. It needs to be said across seven books. If you would have said there were seven pages in the book, I'd have been like, ah, oh, all right. I guarantee you they delve into all the stuff I actually wanted to delve into in the movie in those books. You think so? Oh. Um, I didn't write down all the names of them, but the third book in the series, the name made me chuckle a little bit. It's called Hell's Aquarium. Hmm. Was like, I don't Hopefully think... it's a demonic shark in that one. Yeah. It's like possessed. Like a human being is in a beach. Who A possessed human is in a beach, gets eaten by a shark. Now it's a possessed shark. Sci-fi, do your thing with that one. Well, there you have Ghost Shark. Oh, okay. And Ghost Shark too. But it's not possessed shark. Not yet. Different beast. They may have... Ghost Shark versus Possession. And the inevitable sequel, the Shark Exorcism movie. Yeah. Oh, God. Please, can, I, can a priest put on it's some a, scuba a, diving gear? Scuba gear. Yeah. Yeah, we we got a franchise here, guys. The power, the power of Poseidon. Yeah. The power of Poseidon compels there you. There it is. There it is. But how would you use holy water underwater? You just Ugh. bless the entire fucking Bam. ocean. Holy Boom. shit. There it is. You got to get him into a holy lagoon. See? A holy lagoon. <laughs> and it'd be a holy wave just washing over the ocean, and then the shark turns into bones. Uh -huh. Anyway, <laughs> I, I like our idea better than this film. Um, <laughs> When you guys think about like the best underwater movies, which ones come to mind? Well, obviously Jaws. Sequest. Jaws wasn't <laughs> Sequest. Jaws wasn't even underwater though. That's... Well, okay, dealing with the ocean. Okay, okay, okay. ocean-based movies. Yeah, Garrett, I it's been a while since I've seen Jaws. Do you want to give us just a quick rundown of what the hell Jaws is? Wait, you don't remember Jaws very well? That's like uh, the, oh I've seen God. a long hey, time if ago. If you don't know Jaws, you should stop listening to this podcast. Pause <laughs> it. Go watch Jaws. No, no, no. Hold on. I got this. I got this. So, Mark. So basically, what happens? There is a family, and they move to this place called Amity. And the guy who uh, Roy Scheider is a sheriff, and he's a new 
sheriff of Amity. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> the movie opens up with uh, these people swimming in the ocean, and one of them gets eaten, and then they find the corpse, and then he's like, oh my god, it's a shark, you gotta shut this down. And they're like, no, we're not gonna shut this down. And so more people keep dying on the beach. There's a scene where like this kid gets eaten, and his like little inner tube or floaty ends up washing on the shore, and the lady slaps and so then out of nowhere, like basically he's on the crow's nest. The tank is in the shark's mouth and he basically like aims the, like the gun and he's all like, smile, you son of a, and it cuts and then bam, blows the shark up. And then he's in the water and he's had a fear of the water and sharks this whole time. So he starts like ready to swim back to shore and Richard Dreyfus like pops up and scares him and they start swimming back to shore and he's like, what day is it? I think it's Tuesday. And then it's like roll credits over them swimming towards the shore and that's Jaws. So now you've been refreshed. So anyway, let's get back to the Meg. Wow. <laughs> that was unbelievably long and unnecessary. You could have you could have given me a 30 second things, but I, let's move on. I could have read the Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> it's a yeah. movie about a shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, John. <laughs> You're welcome. So, like, I don't know, movies that movies that are deal with the water. And I was going to say that. The Abyss is one of my favorite underwater movies. I know it's not technically a horror, but it does have some suspenseful I moments. Keep, I always try to get into The Abyss, and then I get bored and stop watching it. Seriously, man, yeah. I love The Abyss. I do not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate The Abyss, and the book's good. I just, for some reason, the movie doesn't grab me. It's easily my favorite Ed Harris And film. then there's Sphere by Michael Crichton. Oh. Yeah, who was in that one? That was uh, uh, Samuel Jackson was in that. That's the one with Tootsie. Dustin Hoffman. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Tootsie. <laughs> I yeah, would love Dustin if Tootsie was in the movie. Dustin Hoffman was in that one. So I don't remember year. liking that one very but much. There's not much to like there. That um, came out the same time as Event Horizon, I think. Yeah, I think around there. It was one of those mid '90s sort of. Oh, Jurassic Park did really well. You know, let's make Congo and Sphere and. Uh, Rising Sun. Yes. Anyway, um, and then of course Deep Blue Sea, which is the second best shark movie after Jaws of all time. Which you pointed out, I have not watched in its entirety, but it's one of those that I've seen bits and pieces of. I know they're super smart sharks that get into the lab and they're biting. Do they start speaking at some point? No, it's not that jump the shark. But uh, Deep Blue Sea is everything the Meg wished that it was. Really? Yeah. There, there is there is a lot in this movie, The Meg, they that got, is I inspired mean, from Jaws, Deep Blue Sea. Basically, any shark movie, they're like, hey, you know what we can do? We can. It's like when you sample music on your CD, you're allowed to take X amount <laughs> before you legally have to like pay them money. I think that's what this movie was. They just took maybe. X amount from every other shark movie, so they didn't have to do Which that. parts was, were licensed from Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre? None. Okay. The best parts. Okay. <laughs> uh, they had one black character in the Meg who wanted to be LL Cool J so bad. Yeah, yeah. But did not accomplish it at all. It was like if someone were doing like a shitty rendition of Deep Blues of LL Cool J. I don't J know. I thought he did a pretty good job establishing it. I mean, he did fall into, let's just get this out of the way. The Meg should be titled Action Movie Tropes the Movie. Yeah. Like everything about this movie is a action movie checklist from... You know, did they say, hell yeah, at a certain point? Did a character give a monologue before they did something? Did the jump scares happen? I mean, every there was a moment for every possible action trope that was in this movie. That's all Jason Statham movies. So I guess I, it's our fault for being surprised about that. But he definitely fell into the, can you believe this shit? Black guy cliche that's like, ugh. 
I don't know. I, I thought know, his character was okay. He, I, I would have liked a, a rap about the movie over the credits at the end, a yeah, la Deep Blue Sea from LL Cool J. That, see, that would have been dope. I'm starting to see more and more characters pop up in these films who are the ones that are realizing, why are we in this situation? Why are we putting ourselves in this kind of danger? You know, it's like it's kind of like Hollywood's uh, way of dealing with people who walk out of the theater and go, why would they even do that? And it's yeah. like the movie acknowledging, like, we know this is stupid. Thanks a lot, Cinema Sins. And how did this get made? You're <laughs> right. ruining Hollywood. Yeah, but that that itself is starting to become a trope. Yeah. You know, the character who knows they should not be doing these things. But this whole movie is just from start to finish. You can tell it has been noted to death. There was too many, like, executive cooks in the kitchen. Because the movie first came out, the movie poster is a good example of this. It came out, it had this like crazy like giant mouse shark on it and it had like this red logo where it was like, it might be a horror movie, it might yeah. be a monster movie. And then out of nowhere, they changed the logo to be the color of like Despicable Me <laughs> meets like Finding Nemo and the color, the, the posters are all bright and vibrant. And we can put some on the Instagram if yeah. we want about this, but like they completely they, rebranded the image of this movie. And did it go from being an R to a PG-13? Well, it's interesting you bring that up. Last week, Bloody Disgusting posted an article stating that the director uh, was talking about several gory deaths that were cut so they could keep the movie PG-13. And he said that they had some amazing bloody uh, sh uh, stuff that they wanted to keep in this, but they had to been told that it needed to be staying PG-13 for okay. family. I wondered, because again, they changed the movie posters yeah. to go from like this like kind of dark, like underwater look with like a red logo to like this really super colorful, like kids movie type logo. And I was like, is this, are they just not getting the hype they want? I, I wondered about that when you guys said it was PG-13 yep. and I was like... And it had Eli Roth like tied to it, and then he dropped because he. It was, oh, really? Yeah, gonna be this what came out, and he was like, "I want nothing to do with that." So I think that's where it transitioned away from more of a horror movie to your just summer popcorn film that it is. Yeah, it was it was action movie tropes one hundred and one. I mean, everything that you've seen in every other action movie. There's an they have like these little like what they call them gliders, these little underwater yeah. submersibles. They're spaceships. There's a, there's a Top Gun moment where like they're like outmaneuvering the shark and each other underwater. And it's yeah. basically just like, I expected Jason to be like, goose, watch out. It was like, it was so top gun. I was like, Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. They kind of did away with the properties of water and Completely. science. Um, Although, I mean, you know, the displacement and things doesn't give a shit about science when it's whole premise is okay. The Marianas Trench is the deepest part of the ocean, unless the ground's not really the ground and no one's ever noticed or tried to just, poke through it like we've never tried to capture any sand from the bottom down there we just looked and we're like that looks to be the bottom i love that idea though honestly that was my favorite part of the whole it, movie it is cool and then but like i knew we were in trouble right away because they were like all right we're gonna go in and why don't like, why don't you explain that premise okay. like what you're describing right now so people <clears throat> yeah know what so the whole about. movie starts off with uh rain wilson i don't know his character's name rich billionaire yep yeah. uh so rb Comes to his his little... It's Morris, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, comes to his scientific underwater station, and they're like, oh, you're just in time, you're just in time. And so he gets a little tour, and that's how we kind of get introduced to everybody. And they're like... That's when they tell us the theory that maybe the ground isn't the ground, but it's some kind of cold air, water, ground thing. It's like a layer of fog. It's like, yeah. It's, well, it's like, it's like iron mixed with um, something else. It was like some kind of like um, thick 
um, sediment. Yeah, it's that basically a, would reflect when you do sonar. It looked like it was ground. It's science it's, words yeah. that made it look like fake ground. <laughs> um, and they were like, "All right, we're going in." And I was like, "Wouldn't you start with a robot?" Not these people. You like the one they had attached to their yes. ship? <laughs> or they had sub? a robot they could have started with, but nope. They're like, we are going to go. We're going to send three people, not even just one. We're going to send three people into this thing. And the person was even like, we don't know how deep it is, so you could just hit the ground at any moment. And everyone was just like, that's a risk we have to take. <laughs> yeah. I think they could have just let go of the robot from the sub and yeah. let it drop through the fog and be like, okay. Anything. We figured it out. Or just put like some weight on a rope and just throw the rope. And I mean, it's like a lot that they could have tested before they put three people's lives at risk. Yeah. So, there's a reason there's trial testing before they go straight yeah. to humans with pharmaceuticals and things like that. <laughs> you don't just start with people. So anyway, they, they get through this fake dirt and, um, and wow, you know, it was actually a really cool scene where you see like this untouched, like, environment full of cool underwater, underwater. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the first thing they do is like let's just start dropping lights just fucking up the ecosystem right away because they want to see it's so dark down there i i do really like the idea like kind of what gareth said there could be a pocket of prehistoric ocean that has been untouched by humans Concept rock solid and they could have grown all on its own yeah execution piss poor well, and I mean, and they just spoil like some of the later, they basically talk about how this, um, this material kept the, the temperature at like a sub-zero level. So, so the nothing, shark couldn't get nothing out. Nothing could pass through because to go through it, you would freeze to death. And um, when they go down there, they go through it with machines and then they, when yeah. they come back out, you know, they create a little opening that one of the sharks gets out of, one of the megalodon gets out of. Right. Well, it was a vent. Like the, yeah, one the, of the geothermal vents when it attacks yeah. the so the shark attacks the yeah, surprise like, surprise the shark attacks the the first vessel and then they're like we got to go rescue them there's only three people who could do this two of them are dead one of them is Jason Statham yeah which he's now a disgraced um, yeah he's uh, like a beach bum yeah well, living in Thailand <laughs> he's living in Thailand because when I mean think about it he's been like. Everyone told me was wrong. Everyone blamed him for like sacrificing two of his people back on another previous mission where he saw something that he didn't know what it was. Uh, but everyone's part, like, you're crazy. And he's like, I'm not crazy. So he goes into like, not hiding, but he's like, isolation. Fuck the world. Yeah. I'm out of here. Which is totally like, I get it. That's legit. Fine. He just wants to retire. But then they're like, oh, you drink too much. And they like say that he's living kind of this like lackadaisical lifestyle. Later, we see him without a shirt. That man is not living a lackadaisical lifestyle. <laughs> His body does not reflect how much they say he's been drinking. <laughs> a little something for the ladies. Yeah. Oh, like, it's like, okay. I I do want to anyway. say that there's one character that returns to uh, who from the original sub that w went down and, and Jason Statham had to make a choice, uh, sacrifice two of his friends lives or everybody gets killed. And the person on board, which was like a doctor of yeah. some kind, just immediately goes like, what have you done? No, He's like, Dude, did sense. you not just see the sub explode into We're a million pieces? We'd all be dead, you idiot. Were you in the same submarine that I'm in where the other one blew up? So five <sighs> years later, when they got to go get him out of retirement and come save our new crew that's stuck down there, the same doctor's there. Right. And he's still like, you're crazy. Don't let him back in. Oh. He made a terrible mistake. This is a whole wacky coincidence kind of movie because, oh, surprise. Oh. 
realize the everything person everything that yeah. happens in this movie is just like because A equals B right. equals C equals D and it's just everything's so convenient the person who piloted the sub that is in danger now is his ex-wife whoa <laughs> yeah so back on the plot real quick so the first Look, nautical cruise lives are very short yeah. and they live inside the same there's bubble. only a hundred of them yes. and it's just what they're happens they're a tight knit crew <laughs> yeah. so the, the first sub goes down becomes disabled because he gets attacked by something which we think is the megalodon but it's not it's actually a giant squid no and it might then, have been the megalodon i think I there's think two they don't actually there. make it clear yeah. i thought it was the squid because it kept hitting it but it could have been either way yeah. but anyway the, the one time the squid attacks it goes for a squeeze attack not a bump attack I'm not going to argue with you about what <laughs> fucking hit the ship that we never saw. But That's anyway, true. It, Science it, tells us that Megs go for bump attacks. <laughs> it Look, hits, we've seen it, it. It hits the ship. <laughs> it disables the first one. They have to go get Statham to go rescue it because his ex-wife is on there, and that's what changes his mind. Beforehand, uh, one, of the other, one of the other doctors goes down to try to pick it up and tow it. So Jason Statham goes down. Yeah. What the fuck is his name? More... Uh, Jonas. Yeah. Jonas goes down Sweet, there. Sweet Lynn's the one who went first. Yes. She went, and I don't understand what her plan was. Very irresponsible. She was going to tow she it has back a up. child. She says she was going to tow it back to the yeah. top. And she saw her child, too, right before she goes, knows this stupid thing, and she's like, you're a brave one, and then runs off to go risk, like, risk her life for no reason. So, so they get down Sue Lynn there. and her grandfather kind of run this operation yeah. with the funding from um, RB. What did we say his name was? Morris? Morris. The billionaire. But yeah, so she makes the, the the move to go save them because it's looking dire. Now they're running out of oxygen. Statham's ex-wife has been punctured by like a screwdriver and she's yeah. bleeding out. Time doesn't make any sense in this movie. It's hard to know like how long did it take between when the sh- sub crashed, then it, w- it was like daytime. They flew to Thailand. They got Jason Statham. They flew back to... Uh, Mana One. Soylent just decided. Mana One, Mana one Mana is the, one. the base. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's the base. I don't understand the timeline. It's convenience. <laughs> First story's plot sake, yeah. I think. Well, when Statham gets there, they're like, you have like less than like eight hours. And then they're like, we're losing the oxygen. And they're like, you have less than that. So they everything's in a huge rush. So anyway, they go down there. They get the ship. One of the crew members like basically like realizes, I'm not going to be able to make it out here. I can save the rest of my people. So... He stays behind. He willingly chooses to save right. everyone else, and then everyone else escapes. So Statham gets everybody except for the one doctor. And everyone saw him close the, the hatch. This is important. That yes, he did this do. of his own free will. Yeah, he did this on his own free will. So they get back up to the top, and then at that point, they're like, oh my God, there's a Megalodon. We've got to get the fuck no, out of here. Then they're like, Jason Statham, why'd you leave him behind? Why'd you kill this guy again? Right, You're just the like five years rescuer. ago. Now you that he's getting blamed. Behind. But again, yeah. this is action trope 101. Every, like I said, everything, even if it makes sense, if, if someone's seen an action movie, they wrote down something <laughs> that happened in that movie and it was like, does this movie have this? Go put it in. It's like Last Action does it have Hero. This? Go put it. Yes, there you go. <laughs> it is. It's, it's it's paint by numbers action movie making. And it's so frustrating because the moment everyone heard the guy be like, hey, you guys get out of here. He heard everyone saw everyone they slipped heard him, him the note yeah. like to his wife. It was so dumb. And anyway. everyone's just like, yeah, you abandoned him. It's like, dude. But anyway, God, this movie. So fucking sucks fast forward so quite a bit of unimportant stuff. Shark comes, it attacks the station. Um, well, that Ray, was actually Ray Wilson, cool. Rain Wilson wants to to cash in on this thing because yeah. he spent billions of dollars on this base and he wants to make sure they recoup some of the costs. 
So he's all like, well, we're going to take it away. I don't understand like how he plans to recoup one. They said something like um, like $1.1 billion. Yeah, yeah. So it's the discovery of a new species, a a prehistoric species. That's not going to get you a billion dollars. He's going to cash in on it and stuff like that. He's going to sell it to a museum. Yeah, that's like maybe $10 million. (laughs) And then Statham's like, you know, we just need to kill this fucking thing because look, it's already taken our people out. We just need to get rid of this. A little bit of an argument. Then they decide, oh, you're right. We should probably get rid of this thing. Even though secretly Rain Wilson is going to kind of not really make that the case. Right. While they're arguing about this, this is when the the super highway between the fog that's caused by vents in the ground actually provides a temperature level that the shark can get through. Yeah. But it's kind of irrelevant because as soon as it attacks the station, everyone agrees, let's kill it. Yeah, he makes Statham makes a very yeah. Valid so there argument. was like a twenty minute debate in this movie that could have totally been cut out because it serves no f- purpose for the rest of the movie. There's your moral debate, action movie one hundred and one. <laughs> and they start seeing hits of uh, attacks um, from from boats. That was actually the really like one of the coolest scenes is when it when the daughter like the shark came up and then bit the. I was like, all right, that more of this, less of that other bullshit. Except that shark's just sitting there like a dog waiting for you to feed it. It's just like holding this place like hey how's it going yeah i'm gonna bite yeah. you now it was a cool and visual for something to basically stop on a dime right float perfectly in place stare at you and then decide to move forward real quick that's not how that shit works what do you think was going through that shark's mind as it just looked at the little girl you are way too small for me to be wasting my time with yeah <laughs> that's what it should be <laughs> yeah. thinking at about all humans a shark that big should be going after fucking whales well the fact that it attacks humans at out. all let's point this out because we're about to get to something that happens so basically as mark said some boats around the mana one base are like going up with their like distress beacons so they're like oh my god something's attacking these boats and they realize the meg is out yeah. it bit the base and they're like it's the meg we got to go after it but when they first go down after the shark bites the the window, the thing we all saw from the trailer, um, the shark bites it. They go down. One of the whales that greets them when they first show up at this base is like hitting the window, like "Let me in, let me in." Like, what happened to its mom? And then the megadon, megalodon, <laughs> goes and bites this whale in half. That was everyone cool. stands there, like, "Oh, hey, look, it's a shark eating a, it's a giant shark eating a whale." No one flinches. No one makes any noise. No one makes a single sound. Even a little kid who's scared of this thing, they're all just standing there like, oh, hey, that was interesting. Cut to them going to investigate the boats. And they're like, oh, it looks like the Megalodon's already been here. And they pull up like a half-severed arm from like the elbow down to the hand. And the lady who watched a whale get bitten in half and destroyed goes, oh, my God, like audibly gasps and loses her shit at the sight of half an arm, but didn't even like flinch when she saw a whale. Maybe like they're like, all right, yeah, that's just, you know, nature shit. We see that all the time. Do we do we see giant sharks bite whales in half? Well, we as a grave talk see animals get hurt for every single movie. So that's true. Very common. I'm going to say after this movie, I think we need to vet what movies we do with monster <laughs> movies much more carefully. I do not want action monster movies anymore. I want horror monster movies. Agreed. Um, so yeah, they go with these boats. We didn't know what we were getting into. True. For some reason, the Meg attacked these boats and then was like, I'm just going to hang out here. So the Meg stays there. They go there and then they're like, well, what do we do now that we're here? And the rich billionaire is like, well, don't you guys have a tracker? None of them thought of. And he's like, haven't you seen Shark Week? And everyone laughed. And, All right. Oh, but the tracker, they have to get within 100 feet. Right, so he's got to swim out and greet the damn thing. Right, so then they waste 10 minutes pretending it's going to be anyone but Jason Statham who does this. So, (laughs) shocker, it's just Jason Statham. He goes out there, he shoots it, 
you know, in the fin. Big, uh, big action scene. He's about to get eaten by the shark, but makes it back. Right? That one was actually decent. I didn't mind that action scene. It wasn't scary, but it was a good That last scene, scene was a little over the top. But Just seconds away from getting chomped, and he makes it back well, on I don't the boat. understand is, why is the it's boat safe? It's almost like that's action movie 101, Mark. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, the, is it like tag? Oh, you're on the boat. You're safe. Because we saw him <laughs> fuck up boats before. That's what got people. No, oh, I, was at, <laughs> I was at the base. I was at the yeah. base. You didn't get me. Why didn't you just eat the boat? But anyway, then they're like, okay, we can kill it with some poison. And uh, they're like, yeah, let's poison that shit. So we're doing the shark tank thing where they drop the tank right. into the water. Shark cage, yeah. Shark yeah, and they're cage. like, this is a super shark cage. It won't break. Mostly true. Because um, the top and bottom are just regular ass like chain link fence. Right. <laughs> I, had, I, I was concerned at that point. I was like, okay, the circle part, but yeah. the bottom and top part are <laughs> well, not. Like metal bars, but yes, it's not as secure as the, the side. <laughs> they say the cylinder shark uh, uh, cage is made of polycarbonate and it can withstand X amount of pressure, yeah. which no shark apparently can bite. And it's meant to deform kind of and not break. Right. And okay. They make a big deal about it. Believe it. Sure. So then only the uh, Swaylin can go in there because she knows sharks. She knows the safe spot where to shoot the poison. It turns out it's the mouth. Anyone could have figured that out. You didn't yeah, need to be a marine biologist. It's so important that she went and did it for some yeah. reason when we find out later the shark is vulnerable in m- multiple parts. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's almost like you have to have a moment where she's the one that we're supposed to relate to. So they put her in the cage. Yep. They, or worry they about. Dunk yeah. her in the water. The shark comes and attacks her. And, you know, action shit happens. And surprise, surprise, Jason Statham has to save the day because, like, the shark eats the. The shark cage. cage but can't break it start, so he's just swallowing, swallowing it, like it whole and like other shark movies i've seen guess what that cage is attached to the boat right. what happens to the boat the boat is now being pulled along with the megalodon yep okay is this the part where i had to go throw up in the yeah, bathroom so we're getting to the close, part where pretty you close. Yeah. um so jason Statham goes to rescue her and he's like oh fuck this part's fucked up then he wastes a whole bunch of time just yanking at the top of the cage and which, ladies just fyi when he jumps in that water to go rescuer he's topless so treat yourself there you go um so he's yanking at the top of this shark cage and then he's like oh i could just go to the bottom so he goes to the bottom saves her she's been without oxygen now for like 10 minutes i didn't see any of this floats her up to the top she's not breathing at all they get her to the boat they're doing cpr then they just cut to her being alive somehow she didn't die, and they caught the megalodon. Shocker! Oh yeah, then the megalodon dies, and we see because it the the, to the bottom. The, what did they shoot him with? The harpoon was full of some sort of um, like poison. They're like ten cc's knocks out a whale, twenty cc's kills it. They're like, let's use the whole bottle. Right. I agree with that decision, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Use everything you yeah. have to throw at this thing. Well, guess what? They got it, and now they're taking photos next to the giant, giant dead shark. Right. And at this point, Is I it floating on top of the water. No, no they got they it on the boat. Hoisted on the boat. Oh, it's on the boat. Right, because they have yeah. one, uh, they had Dude, two cranes. like twice the size of that boat, though. Yeah, it looks ridiculous, but they got it on the boat somehow. They don't show you how. Um, and yeah, they're all having fun with this dead shark. And I thought the movie was over. I was like, you know what? That was a good, tight movie. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Roll tight, credits. Let's go home. <laughs> I am done. Uh, but then, oh shit, a bigger shark comes. So it's a second shark. Yeah, yeah. there are two sharks. Oh, God. So... Jason Statham's like, look at these guys' teeth. 
Look at the teeth marks on the yeah. on the station. Look at the shirt's teeth. They're <laughs> lactating. <laughs> look at yeah, I did say teeth. So I was just gonna okay. roll with it, oh. but look at the shark's teeth. They don't match the shark bite from the station. And wait, he could tell that just from he, apparently somehow. Because they were looking at the mouth of the dead one and be like, wait, these yeah. teeth marks and are the, off. The other shark was listening, waiting for him to come to that conclusion. Because as soon as those words escaped his mouth. The big shark jumps in and like attacks the. It bites the other megalodon in half. Yeah, you gotta destroy the evidence, you guys. Yeah, yeah. And in which, in case he falls on the boat and somehow doesn't snap the boat in half, no, and they all drown. Flips the but boat flips over. Flips it over. But I also don't understand how that. Please happened. tell me they all run to the top, and she's like, "Jack, hold on to me." <laughs> it's no. the Titanic ending. I wish the boat. I mean, so boats are naturally pretty buoyant. They're gonna want to. That's go the back whole point of a boat. Yeah, yes, to level. This boat <laughs> was like argue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this boat must have been top heavy because it flips over, and I mean, look, the shark fucked it up. But this is like a big wave. It should have rebalanced. Instead, it very slowly flips upside down. And they're like, oh, no, our boat's upside down. And I think that's when you walked back in. Yes, I walked back in because basically I saw him jump in the water topless. And I was like, well, he's going to go down and try to get her out. I've seen this in a million movies before. I'm going to go to the bathroom and throw up because I don't feel well. Well, you missed the and one unique ca- thing. And then I come back and the boat's upside down. Half the crew's gone. Everyone's like, what happened? And I'm like, that's a great fucking question. What <laughs> happened? That's right. And I lean over to you. I was like, Mark, what did I miss? And you're like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Mega Megalodon attacked the boat. So uh, apparently two escaped through the, the hot temperature vent. See, that's what I don't understand. I am so sorry, listeners. I mean, this has got to be a nightmare to listen to us talk but about was this because they're all over the board. Yeah, well, the movie's <laughs> all over the board. Wasn't there one who attacked the nuclear sub? At the very, very beginning, yeah. yes. That's what we're led to believe. So did he always exist, but right. just chilling? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking one was already okay. out. I see your point. Then maybe uh, there was already one existing. Uh, but why was he in the same damn area? Why does any of this movie happen, Mark? <laughs> and I feel like over the five-year course of, of the movie's progression, we would have heard about more attack cases. Mark, the government doesn't want you to know. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> government cover-up. Um, there is no Megalodon. So then they're all like, oh, what do we do? And then one of the other guys had like already swam to the, like, the life rafts, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's a fucking good idea. And then it just cuts to them in the life rafts somehow. Fine. So, to be fair, I didn't need to see them all getting in. Well, the shark was still around. They already showed us enough Monday yeah, bullshit. I, it was about this point of the movie that it started to turn on me. Well, it turned on me because I thought the movie was over. So the fact there was a whole nother shark to kill really was a downer. So at that point, Rain Wilson's character, Morris, is like, okay, I realize that we should have taken care of this. We should have called somebody. We don't need to try to get rich off it. I'm sorry you lost friends. And at this point, you think he's kind of like learned his lesson. He's like, okay, I've called the Chinese, the Thai, no, no, the not Australian yet. government. At this no, point, that's... he just called. He's like, he didn't tell him that he called anyone. He would just see him on his phone and he's like, go mark my whatever. And then the helicopter comes and shoots the shark and chases him away. Oh, I thought you were skipping over that whole part. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. He, call, he calls a buddy well, who shoots the shark res- to scare it off. I respect this movie because it did skip the shark trope of a shark jumping out of water and eating a helicopter. See, I was waiting for that yeah, the whole we, we time. Because the yeah. helicopter, for whatever reason, can only work if it's two feet away from the shark. It doesn't make any use of vertical distance. It needs to be right the fuck on top of it. Um, so two times it had that opportunity and twice they skipped it. And you respect it for that. Well, it's the only cliche they didn't hit. So <laughs> Okay, fair enough. 
That's yeah, that's true. That at some point someone's like, guys, do you think we're putting too many cliches in this movie? Yeah, let's take that helicopter thing out. Sounds good, Bill. All right, Gary. So you're saying So anyway, yeah, as they go back to the thing, Rain Wilson's learned his lesson. He's like, I've called all these different governments, they're gonna take care of this thing. It's no longer our problem, it's their problem. I'm no longer, you know, here to celebrate with you for this discovery. I'm here to mourn with you. And then he's like leaving. He's like, there's an evacuation boat coming tomorrow morning. So everyone's like, oh, good. We're going to get the fuck out of here. That shark is someone else's problem. Rain Wilson leaves in a helicopter. You find out that Rain Wilson is going to destroy the shark because everyone who was attacked or everyone who gets attacked afterwards could be a potential lawsuit for him. So he's going to kill it. So that way there's no chance that he gets sued because it's all about the money to him. You don't so become a billionaire out. if it's not all about the money for he you. He goes out with his secret SEAL team task force to kill the shark. They think they see it. They blow it up with a bunch of death charges. Depth charges, not death charges. <laughs> depth charges. Then they're like, we got it. And then you realize they blew up a whale. The shark's still alive. I knew I knew immediately it wasn't the shark. Yeah. It yeah. It's, it's telegraph. I hoped it's, it was the shark. I was like, all right, movie over. It's like they've nope. killed three whales in this movie now. Thank you. Yeah, they really hate whales. They go look at the they go look at the corpse and they're like, oh my God, that's a whale. And then you see a bunch of other little sharks like feeding frenzy on the, the whale. And then they all disappear. And then that's when Rain Wilson's like, oh my God, the shark is still alive. We blew up a whale. He's like, get us out of here. So the boat drives off way too fast. Rain Wilson falls off the back. Goes and clings on to the corpse of the whale. Now, this was the grossest part of the entire film. You are seeing like open whale carcass and guts and like innards like floating in the water. Anyway, Rain Wilson gets eaten by the big Megalodon, evidently. Yeah, M squared. And then that's it. Cut right back to Mana One base where everyone's all like, Rain Wilson's dead. He didn't call anybody. That son of a bitch. What are we going to do? No, I don't, take I don't think they knew I don't, he was dead. Yeah, I don't think it's ever mentioned in the movie again that he's died. Well, they, they just realized. I mean, the audience knows, but the customer. How do they realize that? Because he said he was going to call all the government agencies to come deal with it. And then I guess someone tried to call one of the governments the next like, morning. Hey, and they're the like, beach. we don't know what you're talking about. We haven't heard anything about a yeah. giant shark attack. Well, they and that's to, how they figure it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's obviously a scene missing or they just like some. Okay. Something okay. weird happened, but they don't mention yeah. that he died, just that he didn't call the governments. And then the guy who was in charge of Mana One, is that what's called? Yeah. Mana One. He's like, I'm going to go call him now and let him know. And then later on, he's like, they all thought it was a prank call. Yeah. Because I said it was a prehistoric shark. And that's they just left it at that. And now it's up. Only these scientists now are going to fix right. the problem. So the one good thing that Rain Wilson did do is he got the Megalomegalodon with a tracker. That's right. They, they did. did shoot him in the fin with a tracker. So then the like hacker lady hacks into the tracker, which whatever. Oh, you mean Sally Sassalot? Yeah. Oh, she hacked into his satellites, right? Yeah. So they could. That line drove me nuts. She's like, "Let me get this straight. You want me to illegally hack into his government satellite system to track a killer shark that no one knows about?" I'm on it. And yeah. I was like, get the fuck so out of here. It looked exactly so like the other tracker that they used, which just hooked into their systems. Why would he have his own separate shark tracking she system? She looks like the girl who applied, who like auditioned to be in the girl with the dragon tattoo and didn't get the role. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not giving this role up. I'm going to yeah. fucking implement it in the Meg. She like just turned around and opened mm. an application was like, I found it. Mm-hmm. But anyway. There he is. So He's going to the beach. Somehow. Tinder for sharks. This shark M2 has, wants to go to the beach <laughs> and hang out and get some sun. Somehow this M2 shark is that what we're calling yeah. the second squared. <laughs> has a has a beach star and is like I need to go to the beach and where's he going oh to the most populated beach in the world in which you've said now John our shark has eaten three whales right a couple of people he should be full some and boats. 
Some boats. Yeah. Like, go do something else, Mr. Shark. Just stop eating for one second. Also, why would you go for people? We are so small. Like, to a regular shark, okay, Maybe cool. we're like krill. Yeah, I Yeah, guess. but we're not as defenseless, clearly. Yeah. Krill will just sit there and let you eat pounds of them at a time. We will fight <laughs> back and blow you up. Like swimming in the ocean is like, I chompa chompa. <laughs> Stupid krill, defend yourself. Tiny shrimp are delicious. Stop, stop eating yourself, krill. Um, so, they go, so then they cut to this uh, beach... In some country. Was it China? It was like off the coast of Thailand or something. Okay. Like so they go they go to a beach that is jam-packed with people. I'm led to believe this is actually how beaches are there. Think like water park uh, tide pools. Like yeah. that many people over the entire beach. That looked like a really bad time. It was crazy. I don't. So this shark is giant and it is getting right up to the shore, essentially. He's in too shallow of water. Yeah. There's no way that thing would be in that shallow Doesn't of water. Doesn't make any sense how no one would have accidentally kicked him. But somehow <laughs> all these people don't notice this shark that is apparently three inches below them. Um, and so so, it, it, you can see the you can see the ground through the water, like the aerial yeah. shots. You can see the ground through the water. It's like there's no way a megalodon's fitting between the top no. of the water and the, the ground level here without kicking up like sediment galore. A, an animal that size would not come that close to shore. No, but this is he's he hates it's a movie, humans. Though. It's a yeah, movie. yeah. Like yeah. you said, action movie one hundred and one. Yes. He has a hatred of humans and uh, needs to take it out on us. So then he starts killing humans. And uh, who do you think taught him that hate? Do you think that was passed he, down? No, it should have been nobody because he's from some no. otherworldly land or sorry, ocean underneath our ocean. He should not hate us that bad. Maybe yet. he was <laughs> like, "Oh, you want to come to my home and start dropping lights and fucking shit up? Let's see how you so like just it." Just like Kong Skull yeah. Island. When I come to you your don't home, start dropping bombs if you're trying to make friends Ooh. Yeah. and i and i start mm-hmm. fucking shit up so in shark brain he's just you know giving humans a little bit of uh, our Ladies own medicine strap in why john the one who's tapped into the shark mentality that's it they call <laughs> me the shark whisperer. whisperer thank you see mark knows my nickname <laughs> um so then they come and, and oh then, my god this movie's so long yeah i know we're almost there though we're then almost it, there then it's where as garrett said it becomes top gun and they're doing like a dog fight with the shark. Underwater Top Gun, yes. Um, and then a bunch of helicopters come for no reason. They're news copters. They're new, yeah, why they were there to begin with, nobody knows. They weren't, they just appeared. Were they just filming the beach? And that's the thing about time, right? Yeah. Because the, the beach was getting attacked. I can see news stations getting the calls, like, send out the chopper. Yeah. There's something crazy going at the beach. Get to right? the chopper. <laughs> but that would have been 45 minutes right. later, an hour later, No maybe? time for the authorities to come, but three news choppers show up. Shut, surprise, surprise. They all crash into each other. Unless it was like Asian spring break and they were doing Maybe. like some MTV shit. Who knows? Benny, the, so they all crash into each other and the boat catches fire. So everyone has to jump out of the boat. Our, ma- our mana one team. Yes. The remainder of them have to jump out of this new boat that they're, because they're tracking the Megadon, Megalodon. I guess I want to say Megadon. <laughs> Megadon Imus. Um, so they're, they're tracking it. They're like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lure the shark into this shallow area and then we're going to kill it. Right. With missiles. And at this where they get missiles, nobody knows. Doesn't they, matter. Yeah, they got they, them. They evidently have missiles. But which <laughs> bit? Which bit of the shark are we shooting? Because you told us earlier that you got to find a soft bit. No, any bit that you want. Turns out, just oh. shoot the shark. Because as Swaylin, long as it is a shark, yeah, shoots her missiles and it like doesn't. I guess it damages it. I don't know. It's impossible to tell, to be honest. It's got, it's got battle damage, but it doesn't look like it's doing anything. No. So then, wasn't any blood. It was just kind of like some singeing on yeah. the skin. In or the dog fight, uh, fucking Statham. Statham damages his missile, so he goes to shoot it, and it doesn't do anything. It's jammed. It, right. Then they trick you, make you think they're going Independence Day. Oh boys! 
and that he is just going to like drive the missile into the shark because he's like fly his little submersible into the mouth of the megalodon and blow it up which right. i thought was going to happen right because they're like oh it's it's about who you save statham out and he takes his little earpiece out like and they're like, like no yeah jason statham don't go we <laughs> oh, need crank is- four in the, yeah. in the last third of this movie we have like at least four like monologues with every like so like, preachy so the trope like one next is like the Suyin's dad dies and she's he's like you've been the best daughter better than I could have ever expected uh, and she starts crying the chick next to me was in tears at that part like she was bawling uh, the person like, next to me was laughing I was like I can get to know she you she was bawling <laughs> I don't know if she had something else going on in her life but she was bawling maybe her parents just died and we're all making like fun that. of her now uh, no we're not making fun <laughs> of her I'm just saying like she I guess that moment resonated Touched with her, her. Because then, right immediately, right after that, Su Ying goes up there and talks to her little girl, and she's like, "You're you make mommy so proud." And then Jason Statham has his little moment of like, "It's not who how you save, it's who you save, you know, or something like that." Yeah, and no, it's, it's like, not all who you everyone, lose. Everyone, yeah, yeah, not it's not how many people die, it's how many you save. And Some it's bullshit. like everyone has their like little like moral get it moments, and you're just like, Ay. there is far too many quote unquote character development yeah. points in this film that that were not necessary. So, yeah, it's really terrible. So, Statham's going to drive this missile into right. the mouth. Oh, we think. But, JK, it's just like in Pacific Rim, where suddenly a sword comes out. Uh, well, yeah. his ship's been damaged, his, his and he sh- has a broken piece of metal yeah. sticking so out of it. So, his big plan wasn't to drive the missile into the shark, which, if you're going to kill yourself, may as well do that. Yeah, don't no. give yourself a, like a big old sappy, like, yeah. I'm going to sacrifice, sacrifice myself for you guys, and then not actually sacrifice yourself. That's no. a cop-out. Yeah. So, then he, like, uses his ship to cut from the mouth of this shark all the way to the fin. He just cuts them wide the fuck open. From stem to stern. Um, which it's like, you should have just started with that maneuver. And that it was, was a great maneuver. It was like the shark was made of jello. Yeah. Like it cut it from... Like, like hard pudding, like pudding they've been left <laughs> right. out. Like you just run a it, knife down the middle. It, of it cut it from jaw to tail. Nope. And there was no resistance. And that's what gets into this fucking science yes. stuff we're talking about. As soon as that knife hit the shark, it should have went, stop. Right. Because you're underwater. A, I don't think your little submarine is going to go fast enough to slice through so a 40 very meter long. at each other. So if you use <sighs> like physics and yeah, like E equals MC square. It would not have <laughs> cut the whole length of it. But yes, he probably could have gotten like at least like three feet of like and then, major Right, damage. exactly. Then the shark's like, fuck this bullshit and tries to eat the ship. And somehow Jason Statham manages to get out. And then he just stabs him in the eye. And the shark's dead now. Yeah, yeah, he fights. It was like a shark. giant harpoon thing. Yeah, he where had did from the somewhere? Come from? I don't know. Because it wasn't on the ship. It would not have fit in that submersible. So but he once got, shows up, and he got the megalodon through the eye, which I assume went through the brain. He got it from his inventory. Well, he, he, he stabs it in the eye. The megalodon jumps up into the air yes. out of the water. Like I want to say, like maybe a hundred to two hundred feet in the air. <laughs> and then while he's at the peak of his jump, Statham like. Leans against the shark and shoves the harpoon the rest of the way in, piercing its brain, or at least that's what we're yeah. led to believe. Yeah. And then the shark basically falls back into the water, quote unquote, dead at that point. And then all the surrounding sharks, which we hadn't seen at there all until this very point. JK, because then Statham falls in the water too. And you're like, oh, maybe that got him. The fl- fall got him because there's this cutaway shot. You just see his silhouette. But no, he's only like disoriented for like three seconds. Then he's yeah, right Statham, back Statham to Statham all this. Yeah. And then so out of nowhere, there's a feeding frenzy of all these random yeah, sharks that start sharks. eating the megalodon. So that's how the megalodon dies. It gets eaten by other sharks. One shark blew the horn and called the rest of the <laughs> yeah. Pacific sharks to come Summoned in and them. feast. Oh, man. <sighs> and, uh, and that's the end of the movie. 
And then they're back. Oh, and then there's a dog that everyone thinks died, but didn't die. It was actually my favorite part of the movie because Jason Statham looks over, sees this little dog struggling, smirks at it. We're led to believe he probably would have saved the dog. No, he definitely did not. He just goes past the dog because later in the movie, the dog finally gets to the boat all on its own power. It's like, what a dick, Jason. So that, that dog is from a, a random boat that's nearby having their wedding and the dog jumps in the water and then like the shark shows up at the beach. Yeah. Anyway, where again, the fuck listeners- was that dog going? You, she should have saved her dog by not letting it swim. It was just making a beeline to the ocean. The oh, dog would have drowned. It was her wedding yeah. day. She was not. How did she not see the dog? It wasn't that far away. I'm talking about the bride on the yeah, boat. Yeah, of questions about this anyway, dog. This is pointless listeners, to the film. Listeners, you have listened to us for 30 to oh, 40 minutes rant part. about shenanigans. Wait. There is Please. no credit scene. They're going to keep the lights off to trick you. There is no credit scene. No, no. He's talking about an after, after credit, credit scene. scene. Right. The credits, yes. the, the lights there will is, be there dim. There is a credit scene. There are credits. Yeah. But there's no, they keep the they keep the lights down for the first half of the credits to make you think there might be something else. And then I expected, they the lights back on. I expected the corpse <laughs> of the Megalodon to burst open with babies. Right. Oh, that was that what I thought was going to happen. why there's two. Oh, they mated. The smaller one was yeah. the female or the male or however it works with sharks. But Plus, either way. Apparently it's a seven book series yeah what else they do look this was a paycheck for these people all right that's i mean i guarantee you no one who did this looked at it and was like yeah okay this is gonna get me that oscar no everyone was like this is a sweet paycheck and you can tell it was intended to be something else that became something else because again they rebranded the poster to look like a kid's movie yeah they evidently went down to a pg-13 they evidently cut tons of stuff out of i mean bloody disgusting also had an interview with jason statham and he was disappointed for the cuts Oh, he said really? he said he went in thinking he was filming a different movie. That's a bummer. And what came out? So, so. maybe there'll be a director's cut or an unrated Again, this, edition. I don't think so is... because the article I read says that they did not complete the CGI on the scenes that were cut because they didn't want to spend the money. Bastards! So this, there's not this gonna was. Be I guarantee you, this was studio execs that inadvertently ruined a movie. Yeah. Because there's way too much. Like you know, have you put this in? Have you put this in? Do we have something for the the mothers? Do we have something for the fathers? Do we have something for the kids? If Do we wouldn't... have something for the every? And it's like. Every trope has been hit. Clearly, they basically yeah. like made too many edits. I mean, yeah this this was a this was a disaster by committee. I would put money on that. Well, let's go ahead and do our grave mistake of the film. I think it was too long. If it were eighty five minutes, ninety minutes long really tightly cut you would have overlooked some of this stuff because it would have just been like a kind of joyride you know it'd been like whoo that was a lot of shark um but man it, they just let like it just breathe too much in between scenes of people i don't care about and they couldn't have forced me to care about because they were just sort of one-dimensional cliches um if they had cut it i mean either if they'd made it rated r or if they just cut it to be tighter i think it would have been better I think I agree. I, I, I think I agree with you on that. Um, it was way too long. It focused too much on characters I don't really care about. Um, and also, I don't know, did you guys get a vibe that the film didn't know quite what kind of film it wanted to be? Because like it felt like it should have been either more campy or more gory. It was all over the And it the was place. just kind Again, of in the middle. It knew middle. exactly what it wanted to be. It wanted to be everything to everyone. And that's exactly by design. I mean, it had everything. And that's the problem is you can't, you can't have everything yep. or else you're going to lose something. And clearly they had to. They had to cut stuff. They had to. And that's that's my great well, mistake. I would have rather seen the pendulum swing 
Take far more on the gore side or far more on the stupid, bad movie camp style? When it did have humor, it seemed to land. I mean, our theater laughed quite a few times. Yeah, there was some people laughing at stuff they should have been laughing Yeah, there was at, one though. person who had a real solid laugh at a kidding god i wish i should have wrote it down I feel like that was his defense mechanism for yeah. having to sit through something so bad he's like i've got to make this funny or else what the hell am i doing it's like two a hours? weirdly inappropriate time and it's like bro you're laughing yeah. louder than everybody else yeah my great mistake yeah. is definitely this movie and i try to be very forgiving to people who make movies that end up being kind of bad like this because a lot of it's out of their control a lot of people don't set out to make movies like this and clearly as statham said they were making a different movie and it be, kind of became this so I try not to like make those kind of things my grave mistakes because that's out of their control. But it goes, it plays into all of it. You know, the fact that they just didn't really know what kind of movie they were making or the people who knew what they wanted were not on the same page. And because the exposition, the uh, oh, tons of exposition at the beginning so much, but all the character development arcs, I was fine with those. If we had anything, like if we didn't cut from scene to scene, because the moment they're like, oh, this person's learned this about themselves, cut to something that has nothing to do with anything. And that character doesn't seem like they've changed or developed at all. Like the thing is, all the character changes were just like, and Super we've had up. this monologue, let's move on. And so yep. it was, oh, it was just rough. Was rough this movie was movie. failed by editing. I don't think, I think the actors were fine in the grand scheme yeah, of things. The actors weren't great either. But I think it was failed by editing. Line reads were pretty, there other, was, other than, other than DJ sassy black dude. And, um, <laughs> I mean, Jason Statham was Jason Statham. He's the same in every single movie. Yeah, you know what you're like, getting walking in. Like he doesn't have like, a big range. It's a killer. You're just like, Oh really? You guys want to be a little more concerned? About, okay, no, we're good. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> there it, was, it sounded like, it sounded like a script read, like a first run through. Yeah, I don't know. It's about what I expect out of a film like this. I wasn't expecting anything more. Um, If it would have been less, it would have been even worse. But um, there was a particular scene in the film that kind of stuck out to me is when Suyin's father is talking about having to go kill the Megalodon. And he says something to the effect is like, well, we're going to do it again, just like man always does. He discovers and then he destroys. And I would have actually liked to seen that been touched on more. It would have been nice to see him maybe capture the shark and then go dump it back into its prehistoric zone and then just left it at that. I would have liked to seen maybe something a little more... Or lure it back down. Yeah, that's right. what I thought the plan yeah. originally was going to be to lure it down, but that wasn't. But like you were saying, there's like these so many moments of the things that they start to touch on and then never touch again. Yeah, that's and my I, thing. I, I really think the movie would have been better if they wouldn't have killed the shark, and but rather go release him back into his pre- prehistoric yeah. uh, aquarium. For if a two-hour movie, it but felt like no, they didn't have no enough time. There's no triumph over the the villain though at that point. But is a shark the villain? Uh, yeah, it's well at that point it's a predator. It's done. not a yeah. villain really. Right. It's, I mean, the whole movie is our fault. We went to its home and let it out so anyway yeah. well they, they talk about that too at one point like yeah the, that's what mark was saying the, how we go in and Nor- destroy well, the norwegian dude or whatever the the red-haired guy was he's just like they didn't he, we didn't he didn't do anything we did this you know like he makes a point yeah. of like we let it out you guys so this all these the shark all these points of acknowledgement that like we fucked it up yeah we still have to destroy yeah. it and be the good guys like well you i think it would have been a better film if they went and put it back in its place would you recommend it mm. Yeah, I don't know. If it's on TV, maybe. I would recommend not going sober. Yeah. If I could if I could recommend one thing, go see the Meg, you know, using your favorite, you know, item of choice Fair enough. to make it not as real as it wants to be because wow, it is a rough long ass watch. Being high on life isn't going to make it good. <laughs> Uh, if you see it on Netflix or something, somewhere to watch it for free, it's a good background movie. That's background, yeah, when you're cleaning or doing yeah. your laundry or something like that. Ooh, shouts out to Alamo Drafthouse Austin, though. Best chicken strips I've ever had in my life today. 
No kidding. Mm. The queso was on point, perfectly spicy, hot enough to where it didn't get congealed. Was that going down or coming up? Oh, that was actually uh, going down. Okay. That was going down. <laughs> I'm not going to blame the food for me being sick. I had a really um, busy weekend, and uh, that was because of all other stuff. But Alamo Draft House Lake Line, congratulations. You guys fucking killed it. Too bad the Meg did. Great work. Give us free tickets. <laughs> God damn, John. This, that's not what we're doing this podcast. Help us make this thing cheaper. <laughs> um, I'm going to do something real quick before we wrap up. I'm going to do a correction for an episode that's not out yet. A correction? Spoilers. We're going to release the Grudge episode soon. And in the Grudge episode, I called Ted Raimi Ivan Raimi. I forgot about the third Raimi. Who's Ted Raimi? <laughs> Ted Raimi is the actor who's in everything that Sam Raimi makes just about. He was in Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. He was in Xena. He was in Ash versus the Evil Dead. But he's, he's a Raimi brother. I inexplicably forgot his name was Ted. And Ivan is actually the writer who written, helped write and produce uh, another movie we're doing soon, Drag Me to Hell, among other things. Mm. So, sorry, Raimi brothers. I got two of you confused. I guarantee you they didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but this like, isn't for we, them. We, this yeah, is yeah. for our listeners. Anyway, right. okay. journalistic integrity. This is a future. Okay. This is a correction for a future episode. And for, the, for those of you like me who didn't know there was a, more than one Raimi, yeah, you know, that being Sam, then, uh, you know, you're with me on this. You don't really need to know. Yeah. I learned um, about them uh, right now. All right. <laughs> well, I'm here to teach. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. <laughs>